0: All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 154, and it's hero ball in Miami. Miami is up 3-2. We're going to talk about what's going to happen in the rest of this series. The Lakers petition to the NBA that they're not getting enough calls. They're now up 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets, and the Nuggets love 3-1. Also, Clay Thompson's back playing basketball. We're going to talk about the future of the Golden State Warriors. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music
1: excuse me i didn't mean to interrupt like mount vesuvius i'm about due to erupt. use it or i'm losing it they say i need to loosen up tight i'm well taught i must do the max like us. i do have something to say so you got to give it up give it up yeah.
2: what up podcast world what's up everybody you know what it is
0: you know where you're at it's so the follow through with clips and drew The True Players Podcast, episode 154. We are back live in the studio. Drew and myself just had an in-depth conversation about religion and who is the finest cartoon character of all time. (laughs) Shit's getting real over here at the Clips Castle. That's so funny. It is kind of funny because you were very adamant. What was your pick? Who was your pick?
2: Oh, Lana. Not
0: for religion. We're not talking about
2: that. Yeah, no. The finest cartoon character ever is Lana. Lana Kane from the series Archer. And I took Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed
0: Roger Rabbit. I mean, there's not a there's not a hotter cartoon character than Jessica Rabbit.
2: You're absolutely correct. I think the thing for Lana is the fact that she's it, you know she's more realistic as a as an actual human. Mm-hmm. Jessica Rabbit walking around, she would just tip over. Like her body was so anatomically she was top heavy. Yeah, she was very top heavy. She would she would have back problems. It would be it would be you know an issue for her. So I feel for Jessica Rabbit. I'm stoked that Drew
0: finally got a haircut, guys. He finally cut ah, his hair. I did. It looks it, not bad for a self haircut, too, by the way. You I know, noticed it as soon as you got here.
2: Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's easy to notice because I had so much fucking hair on my head mm. before. Uh, and yeah, man, it was good. It was I I think I did really well. Like I I had done back in the day when when I was in college, you know, the you know, one of my roommates would have clippers just lying around, and we would all try and save a couple bucks and and just, you know, buzz cut the head. So I had never done a haircut for myself. I had done it on others, mm. but you know, I've I've had this beard for a while, and I think I've been able to, as I shape the beard, kind of figure out the way the clippers work pretty well. And I did I did a good goddamn job. I'm, I feel I feel very good about I'm the impressed. results. I'm
0: impressed. The Pat Riley slick back too, is is where it's at. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think you know right now. Uh, for those, for those people that are, that are soccer fans, if you, if you watch Leeds United, I know this is, I'm speaking to a very small majority of our audience, a minority of our mm-hmm. audience here, but if you watch Leeds United play, they all have this hairdo that I tried to emulate, um, with my cut and what it is, it's, you know, it's like a fade on the side and then like a nice little ponytail thing happening here <laughs> on the back. And I actually have a very small ponytail I can do with this. It's It's kind of like a man bun. But I can't, I don't have the length for I think the it's bun. it's more of a
0: man, none.
2: Man, none? Uh-huh. What, what, what are you what are well, he's trying to say? I mean, I, really, I, I don't see the bun yet. The bun the, is, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. I, I don't have the length for the bun. I also don't have the ponytail up. <laughs> okay, we're not talking about soccer, Drew. We got to dive into like what's no, going on not.
0: in the NBA. Uh, if you haven't listened to our last episode, we had Alex Kennedy on to talk hoops, and it's an awesome interview. You guys should jump on that. Alex is part of our family at basketballnews.com. Really great interview. Awesome to have him on. We're going to have him on again. But we got to catch up a little bit, Drew. We got uh, Miami and Boston, which as of last night has has come down to 3-2. To but when Miami went up 3-1, our boy Hero Ball oh, man. Went, went off. 37
2: points, right, off the bench. Unbelievable. Youngest player to do that, okay? Yeah, most points by a rookie in conference finals history. Unbelievable. 37. And and they know, needed every single one of those points for them to win.
0: He did. I You know, I'm really impressed. I'm – I'm a big Tyler Hero fan. I know you are too. I took him way too early in our fantasy draft last year. He pro- did probably. <laughs> I, th- I wanted him so bad though. I wanted Zion and Tyler. I think I took him. I was telling my boy Nick. I said I think I took him fourth round, right? I, th- you,
2: I think you took him right after Zion went off the board, right? Uh-huh. You drafted Zion too, didn't uh, yes. you? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah.
0: I was so you amped were rookie on- heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Hero so fucking bad.
2: Um, <laughs> I drafted John ja Morant though, so I did. I win the I win that draft.
0: But we have to give. Uh, give props to our boy who claims that he won it yeah sean you know i don't want to i don't want to hear
2: i don't want to hear about the victory or the Mm non-victory this is This season is paused Mm -hmm. we will we'll pick this up next season god willing that we have a next season that's that's manageable for fantasy um and uh yeah we're we're just going to pick it up from there this this season for fantasy is null and void in the nba (laughs) i just want to talk about how how tyler
0: is just winning at life okay Winning at life. And I know a lot of memes, including ourselves, put out a lot of memes about Tyler, like in, in middle school and high school, and how just he was a little odd, I guess, if you want to say that. Sure. But dude has always been a hooper. Um, underrated, uh, underappreciated. He 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 goes back to say that a lot, how people doubted him. Um, big fan of Tyler Hero, but he's just winning, okay? So notice this thirty seven points comes and he's been playing well the whole playoffs as well. But his girlfriend, Katya Elise Henry, one of the top Instagram models, like, in the world. And
2: this girl is bad. Drew, have you seen her? I've seen posts now because this is surfacing.
0: Okay. Who's been waiting at his hotel room? Okay. You're a professional basketball player at 20. You have swag, like, out of this world. And your girl who's waiting for you back at your hotel room is one of the baddest girls around, right? Tyler Hero, you're a winner. You're winning at everything in life right now.
2: and there is Except for last night.
0: Except for last night. And we'll talk about last night, but I kind of want to go on the 37 points. He was huge in that game. Yeah. That whole squad is huge in that game.
2: Well, Crowder and Robinson, they had, they had terrible games. Duncan's
0: kind of shit the bed a little bit, right? Yeah,
2: I, I, I need to talk about that, but continue on the hero. No, I'm
0: with that. Let's go on Duncan.
2: Well, I mean, when we, when we were talking about this series in, in preview, I said that Duncan Robinson was going to be the X Factor. And I was right in, 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 in a sense, right? When he's hitting, Miami's a much better team when he's able to hit. But what Boston did and what Brad Stevens did is they go, okay, let's see if, if Duncan can defend. And he can't. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, he's a great shooter, but he's pretty thin. Uh, the one thing he has going for him on the defensive end is that he's pretty long. Uh, I think he's like 6'7 or something like that. So he's not he's not tiny or anything like that. It's not like J.J., for instance uh where JJ's you know six foot three, six foot four. But what Brad Stevens did was they they did they kind of did like the Michael Porter j- junior treatment and they go, okay, whoever's go- Duncan Robinson is guarding, we're going at him, we're trying to get him in foul trouble so that he can't affect the game on the offensive end. We know in today's NBA the three pointer is the great equalizer. So I thought that Duncan Robinson was going to have to have big performances in order for Miami to win and he hasn't had them and Miami has still won three games. Um, you know, he did better, in, actually, in this most recent game when they lost, which was interesting. Well, they ran the
0: zone, though. They were running the right. zone a lot in that game.
2: Zone has been coming up a lot in these both of these series, um, for the Lakers as well, against Denver. And, and, um, you know, Boston and Miami have both kind of implemented zones at times. And it's been really interesting to see that kind of make its way back into the NBA. We've been so man-to-man heavy for so many years. Uh, I think it's interesting that, that the zone is confusing teams, mostly because they just don't see it. They're not used to seeing zone, you know? It's just not something that's done very often.
0: But you can break it if you run the, the screen and roll, and that's that's what I saw from Boston last night.
2: The reason that most zones are not being played in the NBA is because these NBA players are too good. Zones are easy to break. Once you figure out the spots in the zones that you can occupy, mostly it's always typically at the free throw line to just break any zone. Once they get the hang of that, then it goes, okay, we have to go back to man-to-man, right? That's why zone doesn't work typically in the NBA. But what it does do is it throws them off for uh, you know, at least a couple possessions. It's like, okay, well, they're not used to running zone offense. So it takes them a while to get like, oh, where do we need to be? Who needs to be here? Who needs to be at the top? Who needs to be in the baseline? And all that stuff. And so I think, I think it's really interesting that these coaches have decided to start implementing this this late in the season when none of these teams have been playing zone the entire time.
0: Last night's game was was impressive from Boston, though, because Tatum had a had a rough start, right? But he, we've seen that a lot from him, though. He's had rough starts and then finishes really, really strong. Uh, the third quarter for Tatum and Dragic, too, both of them had a huge third quarter. It was Boston in the fourth with 41, right? They scored 41 points in the fourth. Jalen Brown had two huge three-pointers, uh, you know, back-to-back. Uh, Are you talking about – uh, game Game Five. I'm talking about last night. Now,
2: so Boston had 41 in the third. 41 in the third. Excuse
0: me. In the third. Me. Yeah. Excuse me. And you know, Jalen Brown 28, Tatum 31, uh, Tice who had 15 and 13, and did, uh, and they were praising him last night. And I'm a big fan of Tice, but you know, the the screen and rolls, the rebounds. Uh, I really like this guy. He, I think he was a big part on why they won last night. Yeah. But Tatum and Brown, the the one two combo. I really. Like Miami wouldn't have been in that game without Drogic. Drogic was killing these guys offensively. I wasn't a big fan of that offensive foul they called on him though. And I know Mark Jackson made a big made a big the stink knee about the him. knee
2: and his groin.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't purpose. That's you know
2: most I, people, look when you, when you go to the rack, like you you want to be able to defend yourself a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. you're vulnerable when you jump in the air and the defender's going to come crash into you. You're you can't control how you land. So the one thing you can do is go up with purpose. You attack with purpose. And, look, you put your knee out. It's, it's kind of a self-defense mechanism, and it worked. <laughs> I did not on that one. Yeah, I did he get flagrant, though? I don't know. I can't, I, remember, I can't remember if they ruled it a flagrant. But um, there was – I would say in that game, in this most recent game, five was the most flopping in that series that I'd <laughs> seen on both ends, both ends of the floor, Miami and Boston. Kemba flopped on a Dragic screen towards the end. I don't know if you remember that. They reviewed that one to look at maybe a possible flagrant foul. And anyway, I just, the flagrant fouls are getting a little out of, out of hand. So I, I, I hope that stops. Like we can't call, you can't call everything a fucking flagrant foul. It's insane how many of these are being called. I don't get it. I mean, there's definitely some that are correct. Like if you're swinging an elbow with intent and you land on someone's face, okay, let's call that one a flagrant, but not everything has to be looked at. To see if there was some other intent, and I, and, and when you look at those replays, you end up losing the intent. When you slow things down, it's hard to see the intent. I always say that the best way to figure out intent is to look at it fast paced and regular, like in the, in the regular motion of the game, because that's when you can see if they actually leaned in or if there was something that they did that was, you know, extra other than protecting themselves or trying to shoot or you know on the on defensive end just trying to you know maintain their space.
0: And if there's any history. Like of going in this game, has there been some hard fouls going into this next play? I don't think uh, Gorin intentionally jumped to get Tyson in the in the balls and whatnot, no. but it was a, it was a big part of the game it and was. it takes away from the game. You know, it takes six seven minutes. So
2: many t- like so many minutes, and just it, like it just breaks breaks the flow. Van Gundy says it all the time. I mean, he can't stop saying it. Van Gundy, <laughs> whenever there's a review, he's like, "What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, why is this taking so long?" He said, "I think he said in this game, he I think he said." I would much rather them not call a flagrant foul and us still have the flow of the game of basketball than us trying to identify every potential aspect of what a flagrant foul is and making sure we're getting every single flagrant foul, quote-unquote, as, as they're deeming them correct.
0: It's, it's pretty crazy because they interview, interviewed uh, KG. I don't know if you heard that interview, but KG was saying there's no, absolutely no way we'd, they'd be able to hold us in, in, uh, in the bubble playing no basketball way. right now. There is no way. A, we're talking way too much shit. B, like we're playing super intense and physical. And the NBA is really shying away from physical play. Uh, I think, you know, the best defender I've seen in the bubble is LeBron, and we'll get into that uh, moving forward. But 3-2 right now. Boston has another game tomorrow to tie it up. Uh, I think that – I think Boston's going to get one more, and we're going to get a game seven out of this. Because tatum has been playing his ass off. Kemba's kind of – coming up now finally hitting his jumpers taking the right jumpers uh, i think he was three or four of threes the other night which was really nice but i like it when he takes like the 15 to 17 off a of screen he had some really good dimes last night uh, they they spotlighted the one dime he gave to to uh, to tatum at the end there where he was looking at looking at Tyson, threw it to tatum hit the three-pointer uh which tatum was wide open i don't know why why miami's leaving him wide open um but yeah, so what do you, what do you think this is going to be? You think Boston's going to get one more or can Miami close it out?
2: It's it, this this game 6, just like every other game except for, you know, maybe this last one in game 5. It's going to come down to who can finish. Like these these fourth quarters every single game has been very very close except for this game 5. Like at, you know, the the third quarter Boston just had it and Miami just didn't bring the same intensity that we've seen them bring to every game that they've played so far. It's it's impossible for me to say that Boston for sure will win because every single game is coming down to the wire. So look, game seven is very, very possible. I think Boston has the talent and they have the, they have the personnel to make this a seven game series and potentially win. Like I, without a doubt, I think I still think that their top four players are better than Miami's top four players. You know, if you go position for position, I still think that on both ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that the the thing for Miami is their depth in this series which we saw in, in previous series really was a strength of them has not necessarily been a strength in this series. It's 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 been reduced. Like they had like an eight nine man rotation that was really really strong uh, against Indiana and against Milwaukee. And in this series, you know, like I said, Crowder's been a little bit more the kind of Crowder that we're used to, not like a fifty percent three point shooter. Uh, Robinson has been off his game. Hero outside of the 37 point game had a couple really amazing, like near triple double games in the early series, but then was a little inconsistent in in a couple other games as well. So I think Miami is the better team. I think they're the team that will go to the finals. If it goes, you know, game six or game seven, whatever it is, I think Miami is going to be the team that wins and goes, advances to the finals and plays, you know, hopefully the Lakers. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I really love this series. I think this is, this is a lot of fun from the the coaching perspective especially
0: i I like that that you say that because i was going to say that at halftime of last night's game i guess kemba gave a really great speech in the locker room the vet like and this is something that we're probably not going to see from Kyrie, or we wouldn't hear hear about from Kyrie. um but kemba gave a great speech and then midway through the third quarter brad stevens was telling his team in timeout yo this is the first time we're playing uh, celtics basketball this whole bubble like everything was connecting, we're passing the ball, and then you see on the Miami side, the the OG, the biggest OG in the NBA, in UD, in Udonis Haslem. Um, the reason why he's still in the NBA and still playing and in in the bubble is because you saw him kind of grilling his players and telling them exactly what you know we need to do to win this ball game. Unfortunately, offensively they didn't, you know, they weren't able to 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 connect. But you just see, I like how you said that. Just. The coaching and the leadership on the floor, because Tatum might not have that yet. You know what I mean? You might you want to hear that from your. He's own only youth. twenty.
2: What twenty two, twenty three years right. old. Right. You know, and same thing with Jalen Brown. He's only a year older. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think I think that's something that I brought up in the past was was the youth versus the veteran experience of Miami, and that necessarily, you know, in the first couple games that really showed up. But in these last two, it's there hasn't been much of a difference there. I mean, especially with the fact that. Hero, probably the youngest player on the team. I think he's the youngest player on. Can't be anybody younger than on him. on Miami's Nun's team. Probably right after him. But. Yeah, I, but none was undrafted for a little while. I think mm-hmm. he's a little older. Um, so it's the youngest player on their team is the one that got them across the hump to get that that you know game three or the the three wins that they have now. Um, I think something that's been really intriguing to me is that at like many times during these games, we're seeing both teams go really small. Like at at one point in particular, I think it was in the third of the fourth quarter last night. Bam was off the floor for Miami, and Tice was off the floor for Boston. And Boston's tallest player was Tatum. Tatum. And the same thing happened like uh, on on Miami. They went small, and their tallest player was like Iggy. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to see, like I, I you know, really unique for these guys that especially on Miami that that played really big with like Olympic and you know Derek Jones and all their all their other big men that they have Miles Myers Leonard against Milwaukee they had to go big and they're they're moving down and they're actually playing Solomon Hill in this series, who didn't get a fucking. Hey, how beat does Solomon <laughs> look, by the way? Uh, Miami, di- Miami ha- must have a no barber they're rule. Not, what, Solomon, get a catch a fade, bro. <laughs> Can you
0: shave it up? And Solomon was a former Clipper for a minute. He le- doesn't look anything like
2: Solomon's him. been a former a lot of uh, teams, uh, but yeah, him, I'm not fucking with any dude named Solomon, by the way. Him and Iggy and Jimmy are all y'all look beat, bro. They're not going to the barber. They are not. Maybe there's maybe it, it's like a bet. It or could like, be a suspicious right, like. A, you know, like one of those superstitious things that, that they're doing, but hey, that's it's, an- it is hilarious.
0: That's another thing though, like with Jimmy we're seeing since, you know, everything is kind of so polarizing and we're documenting everything these players are doing. We we're seeing like what a great teammate Jimmy is and the whole narrative of Jimmy being like a cancer to the team is, and I think we've we've talked about this before. We're seeing how, like, even Tyler Hero said, dude, we want to win this for Jimmy. We know how much it means to him, right? And Jimmy's showing up to practice wearing Tyler Hero's uh, high school jersey or whatever. We're seeing the vibe that they have. Tyler and Drogic and Jimmy, who's like the three most Random people you would think would be the tightest on the team. this is the chemistry that we talked about with with Alex Kennedy, right? They have really good team chemistry uh they want to win for each other, so yeah, I'd like to see Miami pull it out, but I'd like to see a game seven. I want to see Boston you know uh get one more tomorrow and make this really interesting
2: yeah, same i you know the more the uh, you know from a from a Lakers perspective you know if we can if we can close out our series with Denver as soon as possible the longer the Boston-Miami series goes, the better it it, it makes the Lakers set up because they will have more days for rest. So selfishly, I definitely want that to happen so that the Lakers can rest and Anthony Davis can... Maybe heal his his ankle issue. That, that was he, that scary for a minute. Homie, you guys were scared for I was, a minute. I was very scared for about five minutes, and then he he was back on the floor. So I he was, grabbed
0: it like he seriously broke. Well, his foot. I think
2: he got scared. I mean, shit, dude, it's happened to me so many times. Me too. Where, I shouldn't be lying. I'm where, not lying. Yeah, where, where where when it first happens, you're like, fuck, right. something something just went wrong. I'm
0: gonna have to amputate. And this. then after
2: a couple of minutes, you're like, oh, I, I think I'm okay. Right. Like you know, maybe tighten up the laces, and I can mm. get back out there just run through it. Uh, but it's always the you know the next day and the, and then the second day removed is when you actually see what what's going on with the ankle is it is it okay Let's or, get into that series though. Can we play? Anyway, but but yeah sure, let's let's jump ahead, but I do think this is a fun series. Miami Boston like we 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 knew this was going to be a very tightly contested series. Um uh, I would not be surprised if it goes 7 uh but I am sticking with with Miami to, to pull it out.
0: And if and if everybody plays their cards right, Miami and Boston are going to be two teams that are going to be here in the Eastern Conference, you know, Eastern Conference Finals talks for for a while now. Depending on if Milwaukee makes moves or not, but we're seeing that like you had. See, I don't know if adding one more superstar, like I don't know if Giannis on Miami, and I don't even want to get into to talking about that. But like,
2: what does that do to Bam? Yeah, what does, what that, does that do, that to, do Bam? to Jimmy?
0: Right. Like, I do It's kind of, and again, I'm going back to the Clippers, and I don't ever want to talk about the Clippers on the show until next season or whatever. But it was kind of like you don't want to mess up that chemistry that we had in 2019. Um, by getting two superstars and it kind of takes away from everybody else on the squad, I think they have a squad that competes right now um, and even with Boston yesterday, like uh Cantor came in for eight minutes and had ten points, really really fucking fast right it 's good to have that extra body in there but uh, it is a really fun series, but moving forward, uh Lakers go up three one you 're in the position, the death position as I like to call it, because denver 's been playing out of their mind when they're when their backs are against the wall at three to one i don 't think I actually, I'm going to give it zero percent chance that that Denver comes out of this series getting another three-one lead and beating the Lakers. I don't think that's going to happen. But what the interesting that happened that everybody was talking about was after Game Three. After Game Three is uh, Vogel and uh, the Lakers petition to the NBA saying that we need to look at officiating and and uh, LeBron and, and the rest of the squad needs to get to the to the line more. And then you know, come Game Four, they get to the line 35 times. Uh, which is just so much, so much free throw shooting. The 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 NBA obviously listened to them. I just don't know what the dialogue is and how you implement it. When you petition, that goes to Silver, right, probably, and then Silver talks to the officiate, the officials or the officials association, and then they talk about how they're going to officiate this next game. And I thought there was a lot of fouls. Called, and this isn't me being a, a better Clipper fan. I think there were just a lot of fouls that were called – on Denver that weren 't called on the Lakers, um, and that game was very close the D- Denver, even with the disparity of free throw shooting, could have won that game. Uh, what did you think about it? Did you see that, or am i am I just blind
2: no i mean i I definitely saw an increase i mean it 's impossible not to see an increase in, in foul calls from game four to or from game three to game four uh, It definitely happened i don 't think the Lakers were wrong necessarily in asking. Questions about this because what they have is they have 16 years of LeBron James's free throw records and his usage rates rates and all of those, including this year, have maintained pretty similar usage rate, pretty similar minutes. And the only thing that's happened is he's shot less free throws. I'm not talking about in this playoffs or in this series or in the bubble even. I'm talking about this whole year. Um, and so this is something that has been brought up a couple times for the Lakers. Is like, why is LeBron not getting the same calls that he's used to getting for his whole fucking career? And that was happening. I I remember this first conversation being brought up in like December of last year, like <laughs> back when the the season started. Um, and it was noticeable. Like LeBron was not getting the normal foul calls. Now, look, I'm not here to say that those foul calls that LeBron got for his entire career are correct. I think a lot of that. Uh, plays for superstars, especially, but especially LeBron, he gets calls. He gets to the line, but that's the that's the thing in the NBA, bro. Like it, it, rookies never get calls, right? They just never get them, right? And and if but
0: that if, shouldn't be a thing.
2: Drew, I agree with I thing. agree with that a hundred percent. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about, right? Like I think wholeheartedly, a foul is a foul. It doesn't matter who the player is, what size you are, what the move is. If there was a foul, you need to call it. And I I you know especially when I when LeBron was on Cleveland and Miami, I always was on the side of, man, LeBron gets every fucking foul call. Mm. And so I think that the change really for LeBron is like, what happened? Like, you know, everyone else in the league is getting all these foul calls and, and touch fouls, and LeBron isn't receiving that same treatment. And even less than that, he's not getting the same calls that he would used to be getting. And also, I do think there was definitely times, because LeBron is so strong, because he goes to the rack with so much force, where refs are, it's 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 difficult for a ref to determine whether or not there was a foul. Sometimes offensively, if LeBron try, you know charges into someone, that happened I think against Jeremy Grant, uh, or that might have been Anthony Davis. But I think LeBron is a very difficult player to referee because he is so strong and so powerful. Um, you brought up earlier before we we were talking before uh, the podcast, Shaquille O'Neal one of the most difficult players Got to referee on every play. one of the most difficult players to referee in nba history i think lebron is also on that list not necessarily in the same way like i don't think he gets fouled every time he touches the ball the same way that Shaq kind of was pretty much every time he touched it someone was trying to foul him or you know pushing him or whatever i do think that lebron does get a lot of contact but he also initiates that contact so like it's a tough task for the rest. LeBron
0: also also shoots a lot more now. Well, he He's shoots a lot of t- jumpers. That's true. A, a I wish I wish he shot less jumpers. There was but. that one play last night, though, or was it, it was two nights ago, where Jamal Murray obviously got fouled by LeBron. It's obvious to everybody there. It should have been obvious to the referee, but there was no foul call. And I'd be upset if I was Mike Malone, too. Like, So now Mike Malone's going to petition. And I even had my sister call me, who lives in Denver, is a Nugget fan. And she called me. She said, Dude, can people really do this? Can you like petition to the NBA? And – uh, that really happened. And I thought, you know, Jokic got three quick fouls. I think Plumlee came in and got three quick fouls. Millsap Yeah, so they all got – and when 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 you're when the center of your offense is taken out of the game, as we all know, if Anthony Davis got three quick fouls in the first quarter, it would be a huge di- disparity for the Lakers. And then we're seeing some bullshit like – I think it was Dragic and Tice uh, in the game the other night. Like Dragic takes a three-pointer, Tice arms straight up, easy D barely no contact at whatsoever. And then it's three free throws. So how can you call that? But then you getting hacked across the hand on a layup for Jamal Murray and not get the call. So I'm a little concerned on what's going to happen in this next game. Like it's either going to be, there's going to be 75 free throw shot in this game, or it's going to be a bloodbath,
2: right? No calls, right? Yeah, you're right. I, I do think, you know, more likely than not, what we're going to see is that 75 free throw game, right? The refs, have been airing on if there's any contact, we're blowing the whistle. For the most part, in the in the in the bubble, especially. Uh, so my guess is, you know, we're going to see an uptick in Denver getting those calls and trying to match the same kind of calls that the Lakers are going to get. The petition, I don't really have a defense for, right? I could be the selfish Laker fan and and, and state the the obvious that I mentioned. Do you I think
0: mentioned. that's LeBron going to Vogel and be like, "Yo, we need to, we need to talk to Adam about this"?
2: Yes, you do. 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I also I I but. Look, this is not new, right? The petition aspect of it might be a new wrinkle, but coaches and GMs and organizations have been talking about referees' decisions and foul calls for decades, right? And and Phil Jackson is one of those guys, an unbelievable coach, but would always whether that be, you know, post-game or in the middle of games, would say, you know, we, we, he would petition for for refs to start calling fouls or start calling particular calls for Kobe or for Shaq or whatever the case, Michael Jordan, of course. Um, This is not new. You know, teams have been upset. I mean, this goes back to Daryl Morey and the Rockets submitting – their whole report on oh, on what it was, it was like right. that was like Game Six or something like that that's three right. years ago. That was the layup one. Though. Yeah, wasn't that the layup? Uh huh. <laughs> and and so like, look, this is not new. I think that I think the thing that's new it's is- publicly is that yeah, the Lakers like made up an actual petition and submitted it, <laughs> yeah, which who I didn't. That info though. I didn't know. I mean, if it seems like it was public. I mean, if a petition was signed and and sent to the NBA, then mm-hmm. and people have the right to to see what that petition was about. Um, but you know what? I think um. I think the league would love a Lakers Celtics finals, right? Uh w- the league missed out on a Lakers Clippers Western Conference finals. And so look, I you know, if I if, hate if, saying if, that though, if Drew. No, but if people are out there saying like this is all rigged for LeBron to get to the finals, I can understand that point of view. I really can, and I don't necessarily have a defense for it. I'm happy that he's on the Lakers. <laughs> it's it, you know, it is it is interesting though like I don't think something like that should have an immediate impact the way that it did. I don't think that's fair.
0: Going from two, two times to the line to 14. Well, no, like I,
2: I, all of that is fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like that happens in games where LeBron will get three free throws one game and he wasn't fouled that much. And then the next game he, he just goes, well, I'm going to go to the rack and try to get fouled more. And then he gets more free throws. Like that happens. Players decide, okay, I'm going to force the issue. Uh, but I do think like it did seem that that petition – clearly changed the way that the refs were refing, and that's not fair. That shouldn't happen. That is not fair. Right. Uh, I don't care what team or franchise, whatever, you know, who I'm rooting for. That, to me, is something that can't happen, right? Because then what's going to stop every team from petitioning, like you said, like what's stopping Mike Malone from petitioning? Jokic gets touched every time he touches the ball. Like, why shouldn't every time he touches it, why shouldn't he get a foul call? Every time Jamal Murray goes to the rec, why shouldn't he get a foul call? It's
0: fucking petty to me. Just the whole thing is petty. I hate it when people say – the league wants Celtics, Lakers. Like, of course, the, of course, the NBA would love to have Lakers, Clippers. If that was the case, it'd be Lakers and Clippers, though, most likely. Right. If, if we don't take a shit in the bed <laughs> right. for three games. Refs can only do so God, much. I don't want to talk about the Clippers anymore. <laughs> I know I keep going back to the Clippers. I don't want to talk about that anymore. On the other hand, like, to have a Miami, Denver, you know, finals for the bubble
2: would nightmare. be. Nightmare. It's a nightmare for the NBA. For the
0: NBA, if they're really saying that, 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 uh, that ratings are down 40%. And I know Mark Cuban's really upset about that. I don't, I'm not sure that the ratings are down 40%. I actually don't know the full number.
2: Football is back. Right. The NBA never has to compete with NFL football. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Like, this is not news. This isn't, this isn't a, a, some sort of statement on the, the level of play or the NBA bubble or fan engagement. What this is is for the very first time, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals and the Finals are going directly head-to-head with NFL football, and guess what? NFL always gets the best ratings. America loves football more than basketball. So sad. It's the truth. <laughs> and so, like, when you say ratings are down 40%, that's because on Thursday night, there was a fucking Thursday night NFL game, and that's the first time since, you know, it, normally this happens in the beginning of the season, where the NFL and the NBA are playing at the same time, right? All the way through January, and then you get the Super Bowl in February, then it's all NBA, mm-hmm. really, literally, all NBA until June. This is the first time that they're going having to go head to head and of course they're going to lose some ratings.
0: Uh what do you think is going to happen next game though? Do you I, I, again, I do not see if Denver pulls off this series being down 3-1 once again, they will have to go down as the goat team to like ever play. Yeah, Right? Yeah. I I don't see that happening. No, I don't see LeBron letting that happen. Nope. Um, I don't think
2: I don't think the Lakers are going to let that happen. I'm very thankful that the games have fallen the way that they have. And what I mean by that is This series could have very easily flipped. You know, Anthony Davis doesn't, if he doesn't hit that buzzer beater in game two, the whole series is different because Denver came out after being down 2-0 and played their best basketball that they could play, and the Lakers were flat, as to be expected. Um, They kind of thought, all right, here we go. Maybe we'll have a sweep on our hands, and then they just didn't show up. Even though they made a hell of a comeback in the second half, you could see the level of intensity was a lot different for Denver in that game three. They were feeding Jokic immediately. Um, so I do want to say, as far as the Lakers go, Vogel did a fantastic job coaching here not, he doesn't get, and, and every time LeBron has a head coach, the head coach never gets credit for good things that they do. They only get the credit for the bad shit that happens. LeBron takes the credit for anything good that happens. Uh, but Vogel did something very, very impressive in addressing the weird behavior from Dwight Howard telling him he needs to fucking tone it down. Chill out, Dwight. Stop Why is the, he the
0: one talking all the shit on the Stop the, the antics. Right. You're, this
2: isn't 2009, right. Dwight. You're not the best defensive player in the NBA. But not only did he do that, he goes ahead and starts Dwight Howard. Mm. Dwight says, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna follow what you're saying. And then he starts Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard had the best first quarter I'd seen him have in that game in 10 years. He was everywhere. He was all over Jokic defensively. He was rebounding offensively. He got – I think he had a double-double in the very first quarter. He had 10 points, 10 boards. If, if my – Memory serves, and that was something when you look at Game Three and and the big news coming out of Game Three with with Denver pulling away and winning. We had like fucking what was it three or four rebounds for our our three centers? It was four, four rebounds mm-hmm. for Davis, Howard, and McGee. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen. Right. So Vogel goes, you know what? I, Dwight's clearly the best defender that we have. You know, one on one against Jokic, I love that matchup for us as a Lakers fan. Jokic can still torch him. He's a he's an unbelievable offensive player, but. Howard does have a way of getting under someone's skin, and I think he does that a little bit for Jokic.
0: And I think he knows he has six fouls, and there's two other centers that are in that position. He, Yeah, so. he's playing
2: with, with the reckless abandon that you want when you have a team that's built like this. Mm-hmm. Look, Dwight, if you have three fouls in the first half, it's not a fucking problem. Right. We, 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 have, we have bodies mm-hmm. that we can rotate here. Uh, but that adjustment was unbelievably huge, and of course that was also paired with Anthony Davis going like seven for seven to start the game, scoring the first ten points. And everything in game four – worked out beautifully until the second half when we again were faced with Denver coming back second half Jokic is hitting shots Murray is hitting They're shots They're so good. They dude. are good, they but are. I just I do think that this this Lakers team has enough um, defensive presence to lock in to to save the to to save these games and pull them out in, you know as we move forward like this next game which Denver, everyone, like you said, 3-1, that's the that's the record that Denver wanted to start the series at. Yeah, bullshit.
0: You but never want to start a series 3-1. Of course, 3-1. And Mike
2: Malone made that joke, right, which is hilarious. Right. But also, uh, on the flip side, the Lakers have been up 3-1 for the last two series in a row, and we close it in Game 5. That's the mentality we have to have going into Game 5 because if we let them get the momentum and have it swing back to them, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in Game 6? It would be ideal for us to come out with that same kind of intensity, the same start that we had in game four. I like Dwight in the starting lineup. I hope that happens again. I think we have a very real opportunity not, to, not just to finish the series and go to the finals, but to finish early and rest. And, and Anthony Davis rolled his ankle. We, we know the only thing that you can do for ankle recovery as long as it's not like sprained or something that you need surgery for is stay off your leg. So the rest component, of course, the fact that LeBron's 37, we have an older team in general, that is huge. So we really, I think we we ought to look at game five like we're going into a game seven. I hope we treat it that way. I know it's difficult to do that. I know that.
0: Denver's going to be doing that. Uh, well, they have to. Right. There
2: is no game right. six for them. Right. It's, you know, this is it. So that's what I'm saying is we have to match that that level of intensity that we expect Denver to bring to know that, you know, this is our best opportunity to move forward, not only for this series, but to win a title. This is the opportunity we have to take advantage of. And I think we can do it. The the problem that we still have is with our 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 other guys. LeBron and AD are fucking cooking. They're doing unbelievable stuff out there. I love it. I have no I have no negative comments about that. LeBron's defense blocking shots, playing unbelievable, and the Lakers zone has been very confusing for Denver at times. All of this is good. It still comes down to who the fuck is going to be our third best player any given night? We don't know who it is. Um, I think the nice part about it is at least Rondo has been able to step up and have the balls to say, "No one wants to be number three. I'll do it. Mm. I will be that guy." Kuzma, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? We can't play him right now. No, he's catastrophe. He is. VCP looks better than him. KCP.
0: KCP. K- God damn it! Why do I always say VCP? I don't know
2: where I don't know VCP. where VCP.
0: I know a VCP. what is that, dude? It's my uh, what's it called when you read shit backwards?
2: Uh, dyslexia.
0: That's what it is, bro. Okay,
2: well, he doesn't have a V in his name. I like
0: VCP.
2: <laughs> oh, he does. Contavious. He does have a. He has a v, a v in his that's name. That's what it is. KVCP. That's what it that's is. That's what we'll do. We'll call him KFC.
0: <laughs> KFC is what it's going to be from now on, okay?
2: <laughs> no, but no, like in all seriousness, <laughs> yes. I, I really didn't want Rondo to be our third best player, but he is what we have for our third best player. And, and unfortunately, I do think this series and the finals will be dictated by his performance more than I ever wanted it to be. I thought he was going to be a really nice, calming presence for us, and he has been offensively and defensively. He's doing pretty good. But Kuzma and Danny Green have been literally yeah. zeros. I mean, Danny finally got three threes up, and I think it was in game three in the loss. Um, he had like 11 points, but that was great to see. But it's that inconsistency that's still going to leave all of us Laker fans on the edge of our seats. Whether we you know, win in game five, six, or seven, every game that we go into, and of course if we face Boston or Miami – that's gonna be something. That's gonna be the story for us moving forward. And I just, I really fucking wish that we could settle that and really have a solid rotation that we feel comfortable in having people out there that are that are playing well and that are shooting well with wide open shots. And it just, it that inconsistency still exists and it terrifies me.
0: I think I think Rondo's ready and willing to be that third guy. I think he thinks he is that third guy. The way he's he's been playing. He's been way better than I figured
2: coming back from injury for the Lakers. Same. Way better than I thought. I'm just happy that he's playing at the level that he is. I'm so
0: surprised how well he's shooting.
2: It's in, it's unbelievable. I cannot believe well, it. Well, so hold on. I mean, it, it is up and down still. Like, it's three-point shot. It's not always Yeah, but there. normally
0: I'm going into thinking you're not hitting – you're hitting zero. Yeah, everyone's
2: threes. like, please shoot. It's like Westbrook threes. Totally. Well, that was that was the Rondo thing, right? It was like – in the in the 08 finals they were they were being guarded by their center like who was that it was the late, like Paul gasol was guarding Chris Rondo. Mims guarding yeah rondo. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> It would have been Bynum, i think Bynum on rondo like that was the thing right like you right. just he wouldn't even shoot it was like ben simmons like right. he wouldn't shoot a free throw um so dude i'm i'm loving lebron i'm loving anthony davis i'm loving rondo for the most part the rest of the guys and dwight i love dwight howard right now like literally he could be the best signing for this entire roster outside of the trade for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And of course getting LeBron Dwight's impact in this series in particular and next series, looking at potentially having to go up against bam. I think Dwight's going to do very well for us.
0: I think if we're going to go by NBA conspiracy, I think that Denver's pulling it out tonight just to get another LeBron AD game. I think Denver pulls it out tonight. They close in, in six Lakers in, closing six Lakers closing six real quick the layup from Jamal Murray the other night yeah. which we saw on every I didn't even post it because there was the no, up and under you're talking about yeah. the
2: unbelievable yes. over you and I'm just going to finish yes, it my way that down one. yeah
0: it was posed on on every outlet I didn't even want to post it because there was no reason to we'd already seen it 6000 times for everybody saying that that's better than Jordan and there was a little there was a little debate at first cuz like you had said Drew the 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 up and under Jordan did against the Lakers in the finals was it was nice. It was innovating. It was something new that we'd never seen. Nobody guarded him. He just sw- He went up, could have banged it, easily <laughs> banged it, came back down, came with the left. Uh, the one they're comparing it to was against the New Jersey Nets, if I'm not mistaken, where Jordan goes horizontally through three people, two double clutches, up and under. Jamal Murray's was really nice.
2: Unbelievable layup.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Because Braun thought he was going to beat that shit up to uh, yeah. the moon. Yeah. Because he, th- he thought there's no way this is going he's, he's not going to go up and under. <laughs> <No>. Has anybody <laughs> seen Tiago Splitter? Everybody has the nightmares of Splitter trying to bang on LeBron like that. And Iggy.
2: That's always going to be Iggy, an Iggy's God back
0: And Jamal switched that up. It was beautiful, but it is nothing compared to what Michael did against the Nets. I could be wrong about the team, but I'm pretty sure it was against the Nets. Um, Some good news, though, for Golden State Warriors fans and for NBA fans. Klay Thompson had his first practice yesterday.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. looked really nice. I mean. 15 months. I mean, that's a long time. That's
0: a long time. Damn, that's a long time. For you to do anything, like if we didn't record a podcast in 15 months, this would
2: be really difficult We would to be do. canceled. That, be... Would be, that would mean the, the end of the <laughs> very, podcast. Very true. Good point,
0: Drew. Uh, he's not going to be canceled because he actually has like a five-year deal. But it looked really nice. And nice it's nice to see him back and ready, and ready to hoop.
2: The NBA needs the Warriors to be back. Like that's just the truth. Steph, you know, obviously he had that weird, like the, the weirdest injury I think of this entire season was Steph's broken hand. Off of a like a missed layup where he got fouled and just fell awkwardly and broke his fucking hand. You mean the uh, fucking
0: injury where they're like, you know what, fuck it, yeah. we're done this year.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so we're just, we're just gonna up. pack it in. We're gonna get the number two <laughs> overall pick. Yeah, we're
0: nine games in. <laughs> you break the wrist, we're not going anywhere. Fuck it.
2: And uh, <laughs> no, but I I do think you know whether or not Golden State keeps Wiggins or they package him with with the number two pick or they we know that they're very good at drafting players. Whatever they decide to do, that team is still a problem unbelievably good mm-hmm. you have the best shooter on the planet fucking duncan robinson lovers take a take a back chill, seat chill steph curry and the second best shooter on the planet clay thompson still on the same team still with draymond green still with steve kerr and the whole organization they are all about winning this last year i almost feel like it was just like oh, fuck it like like you said it's, it's a just, vacation bro yeah they all got their time to rest mm-hmm. recuperate after five straight finals god knows they needed some fucking time to relax and not have the pressure of of playing a 105-game season every year. Steph Wynn got some braids. You know what I mean? Wynn got some braids. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Clay was chilling in Cabo with his dog. They needed the R and R exactly. I'm sure Draymond needed it too.
2: Absolutely. And Draymond now has, has a budding career as a, he's not bad as a post game -game, pregame commentator. I I think he's good. I think he's good too, but no, but like for real though, like the, the Warriors team is going to be good next year. They're a problem. And so I think that's going to be a lot of fun to have them in the mix. I agree. And terrible for the Lakers and Clippers and everybody else that thinks they might be, we got easy wins over them this year and that's not going to happen next
0: year. I agree. I agree. I want to go back to announcing, though, because I know you are not a fan of Chris Webber.
2: Nope. I know our
0: boy douchebag John, who I know is listening to the show, is not a fan of Chris Webber. I like the Chris Webber-Reggie dynamic because they both – it's like me and you commenting on a basketball
2: game. I think we would do a better job. You do? I do.
0: I'd cuss too much, though. Well, that's They'd the have, problem. we would have to really watch We would, we would have to be PC
2: mm-hmm. um, You know, if we did it for a national broadcast. Chris Webber just doesn't add anything. He doesn't add anything to me. I, I like, so Reggie was my most hated. I don't understand. For many years, for many years, but Reggie's gotten a lot better. And that's the thing. Like, I'm going to give Chris Weber a little bit of time to develop his, you know, on air personality. And you got to get his reps up. And I get it. And, and what I do think for Chris was that he was not a fit in the studio. So at least they, they pivoted. They said, okay, let's get you out in some games. Let's see. You can get your reps up there. He just doesn't add anything. It's very textbook. It's like something will happen and Chris will go, man, did you see that happen? You're and like, the guy next to him will go, yeah, <laughs> he, that was pretty cool. We're watching the same game. It's Chris. like, yeah. Oh, and then, and then the replay will come and you, go, like, you see he takes a dribble here and then he goes up for the layup like he's going strong. And it's like you're adding nothing. It's just you're just narrating. Would you
0: rather listen to Chris Webber or Kendrick Perkins? Announce Give me Kendrick. Seriously?
2: Kendrick's hilarious. Kendrick. At I- least he's funny. Chris Weber is not funny.
0: I like Chris Weber and Reggie Miller. I love both the Van Gundys. I hope they do this. Stan,
2: You don't like Jeff? I love Stan. I love... No, no, no. I, I, Stan has been a revelation, though, because he was not doing you know, a lot of these games before the bubble. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was doing studio stuff for ESPN, and they brought him he in. He should not be in the studio. No, he he's terrible at the mind. studio. He's great. I think Stan is great. I think Jeff is great. I think if there's a way for us to have like a crossover event... And have Jeff and Stan together with Mike Breen. Why haven't they done that yet? Well, because they're TNT and ESPN. Oh, That's why. It's so too much. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, yeah. That would be great. It would be unbelievable. And they had
0: like an on-air like brotherly brother debate. Dude, I, I'm in for that I'm all day long. I hope they're uh, listening.
2: But the you know the goat the goat announcers are Breen Van Gundy and and, and Mark Jackson. Um, and energy I, and effort. I get yeah, energy, and, energy effort. and effort.
0: That's a drinking game, guys. Whenever you hear. <laughs> Mark Jackson say my favorite line, energy and effort. Energy and effort. He loves that Take line. Take a drink every game. Or hand
2: down, man down. There's a fun that, that's th- his custom line. That though. there's a fun Mark Jackson drinking game. Hand <laughs> down, man down, energy and effort. Mama there goes that man. Like, See,
0: I think those are two phrases. I don't think I think Mama go there's there goes that man and hand down man down are his, right? Like yeah. bang,
2: right? Right, right, right.
0: But I don't think he realizes how much he Energy and effort. Th- it's the, his go to line. It's your go to line. I, yeah, because I love the line and it means so much, but I'm not <laughs> announcing NBA basketball games. Right. Energy and effort is a big way to gauge a basketball player. I totally get it. Anybody watching the game totally gets it. And I overuse it just for the simple fact that Mark Jackson uses it. Right. And who is Mark Jackson to me?
2: Your favorite point guard. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, I just, I do think Draymond has a career there. Like he, he fits nicely in that studio. He, he, he's not afraid to go off the cuff the same way that Shaq and, and Charles go off the cuff. And another guy that I do not like is Kenny, the jet Smith. See, that's somebody so has, ne- somebody has definitely needed to take his seat Dis- for the last five years. That's disrespectful. Kenny, the jet also brings nothing to the table. That's so disrespectful. I want Draymond in there before Kenny, the jet. Anytime
0: you were so disrespectful. I would love, let give us a shot. Give us a game. I probably, I promise I won't cuss. Or at least put me on tape delay.
2: Bro, the, dude, they're, they had to give Kenny a segment where he gets to jog to the board in order for him to That's have any value. That's a great segment. The segment is only great because they race him to the board. Yes. That's the best part about the segment. Everything that he does when he goes to the big wall or he goes into the thing, it's all bullshit nonsense. It's that a point guard
0: breaking a day. But
2: anyone can realize these things. This is not hard. He's not, he's not doing profound statements here. He's like... Look, what you name is team defense. When you're when you're on the ball and the ball's over here, this man needs to be down and here. And you got
0: to talk about something, Drew.
2: I get it. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying he doesn't bring a lot to the table. They don't need to do that shit for Shaq or Charles.
0: Well, yeah, because Charles ain't running to the board Charles anymore.
2: and Shaq can bring their own points of view without having to go to the, some fucking namby-pamby board.
0: All right, what what was that? Namby-pamby? Nambi Pambi.
2: That's a new one for me. Hey,
0: uh, if you haven't checked us out on basketballnews.com, go over there and check us out. we got some really cool podcasts over there, long-form content. It should be part of your daily routine when you're checking your computer. So shout out to basketballnews.com. Check out our last interview with Alex Kennedy of basketballnews.com, formerly of ESPN, Bleacher Report, you name it. His work has been everywhere. You know what album came out this week, Drew? Uh, Madonna? The, not Madonna. The Carter Five, Lil Wayne. Used to is the song. The, his lyrics are insane. Okay, I'm not too sure about the beats on everything, but Lil Wayne is still the GOAT right now unless somebody comes out and challenges him, but I'm not seeing it happen. Lil Wayne used to Carter five. It's a follow through with clips and drew and we're ghosts.
2: Batman.
1: I used to smoke to get high. Now I smoke to get vibes. I used to took the semi. I still took the semi. I used to walk a thin line. Now I'm walking shin high. I used to fucking get tight. Now i fuck fucking 10 times. She used to make me dick rise. Now she make me rib She used to make me six. Nine, now she make a French try. She used to make me love her, now she make me realize It's money over bitches till the day I desire Keep it on the east side, keep it on the b side I feel like I've been dragged her, if he dies, he dies Find out where he reads, I and find out where he hides Run up in that bitch like, hey, bop, 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 peace, several metazine, you can call me P-Rod Taking shots at my team, you must be getting seen now You're going at my slime, then you're going at me slime Your blood all over the scene, look like red cheap wine. I'm smoking on the key lime, you look like tea time Look like honey to my beehive, I close your sweet eyes Shoot you in your head, give your ass three eyes And you still ain't see a fucking thing until you see five. I remember you, I was never into you I tell my shooters shoot you and whoever resemble you And I remember who have been a friend of you, kin to you They in it too, and bitches too, they mention you, they ditches you. I don't feel no nigga in that nigga mouth say cold now Nigga cough it up But spit it out Oh my god I'm flipping out flipping out Then dipping out I tried to turn the fuckin' page Oh my god I ripped it out I you just smoke the gay Now nah, I smoke the gay vibes Used to talk the semi I to talk the semi Keep it on the east side Keep it on the b side I feel like I've been drag a little bitch And if he dies he dies if he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, run up in that nigga house. Pistol in that nigga mouth, but he be talking out his ass. What is all that shit about? I used to know you niggas, I don't know you niggas. I just ignore you niggas, I don't grow you niggas. But my brother smoking niggas like we grow you niggas. Kill your whole two niggas. Put his words on the plate, that nigga hit all And I ain't with the topping. damn, now we topping. Niggas spill a bean, damn, now it's coffee Looking for your pussy ass, like I got a warrant I don't wanna ski mask, that's a private party Bullets jumping off your ass, like they shock absorbin' Rock your bells, LL, nigga, like them loaded huh. I you just smoke the gas, now I smoke the get vibes Used to touch the semi, I still touch the semi Keep it on the east side, keep it on the B side I feel like I'm in drag a lil bitch and if he dies he dies. if he dies, he dies If he dies, he dies, if he dies, he dies, if he dies, he dies Yeah, right up in that nigga house, pistol in that nigga mouth but he be talkin' out his ass, what is all that shit about? I used to smoke the get now I smoke the give vibes Used to touch the semi, I still tow the semi Keep it on the east side, keep it on the B side I feel like I'm in drag a lil bitch and if he dies, he dies if he dies, he dies, if he dies, he dies, if he dies, he dies Yeah, run up in that nigga house, pistol in the nigga mouth But he be talking out his ass, what is all that shit about? All la, baby And you still ain't see a fucking thing until you